Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's happening today? We've got Miss San Harriman, the amazing Miss San Harriman, coming over for uh, lunch with his wife, Camilla, who we've never met. We're very excited to meet her. Keats, when did Miss San photograph us? Uh, July 2021. Very precise. Very July precise. 2021. And he took one of the most beautiful pictures of us. Oh, it's one of my favourite ever photos that anyone's ever taken of me, Makita. Yeah, why do you love that photo? So because much? it's I, he does. He has an extraordinary ability to go beyond what's visible, and I don't know how he does that with a visual medium. You really look like my mum in that picture. Well, let's have a look at it then. Shall we? It? Oh, there it is. Look. Uh-huh. Oh, see, that's what makes me go like that. Whenever I see it, I love it. Um, it's the most peaceful I've ever seen you two. <laughs> I dare you. No, I, not I dare you. I, just, I, don't, I don't think I like your tone. <laughs> Today's menu. So we are moving into Christmas. Makita says it's time to embrace Christmas. So we're making guava mulberry molasses glazed ham. Like we poached it with loads of spices and then we've just finished it in the oven with the glaze to make it nice and crispy. We've made a three cheese caramelised onion bread and butter pudding and it's got a smoked chilli rarebit on the top. So it's like Welsh rarebit but not. Fresh corn and some girol. There's lovely mushrooms around at the moment. We're just sautéed in garlic with some chives and a bit of butter. And then we've got a roast garlic uh, and chive oil emulsion. Today's drink is a spiced clementine mulled whiskey. Hot toddy. It's not a hot toddy. It's classier than that. It's clementine. Hot toddy. Okay, it's a hot toddy. <laughs> it's a hot toddy. So I feel like today for us is our first kind of round of throwing Christmas at our oh, guests. I think we let it in. I think let it's time to let in St. Nick. Oh, let's not get all... You'd think because of the quality of his work that he's been like walking around with the camera since he was five. Um, but he's I, only been taking photographs for six years. Yeah, which is extraordinary. And his ascent, yes. you know, he's now creative director at the South Bank. I mean, that's quite the leap, isn't it? He's bringing his wife with him, which is really lovely because I think we often see the public side of uh, Miss Anne because he uses his social media platform and, and his platform in general to be very powerful, a really powerful advocate for vulnerable people. And I think it's amazing what he does. But it's going to be really interesting to find out about his family life and his his vulnerability, because he's very good at drawing vulnerability from other people. And I wonder where his vulnerabilities lie and where his soft bits are. 
Okay, there's all this guy. Hello! Camera is hard! Unbelievable! Yes, hi. Does it smell Christmassy? We're embracing it. We're letting it in. Does it feel Christmassy? Miss, I love the Christmas spirit in November, so you're doing really good. She's joking. I'm a Grinch. Are you a Grinch? I love it. You can so change him today. So it's maybe today we'll change it. Yes. Let's get that Christmas cheer. Am I happy to manage this? Yeah. <laughs> so where did you find this wonderful Swedish woman, Miss Anne? <laughs> yeah, how did you guys um, meet? It was at um, a family friend's wedding, Kensington Palace in the Orangery. Yeah. Which friend? Excuse me. Right. Very casual. The Orangery. Oh my god, I love it because yeah. I went to Holland Park School. So. Oh mm. yeah. I used to so, I mean, it was so beautiful. Beautiful. Um, um, close family friend mm -hmm. and uh, his now wife went to school with me and Mama. Uh, yeah, in, in, in Mama, and she's oh, half Russian, yeah. half Nigerian. Yeah, wow. And yeah. <laughs> we were on the singles corner. No, I was in the singles bit. Yes, now Miss was put at the end. You yeah, know how they go. always put someone at the end because they know they can manage to talk to everyone and make it work. <laughs> right, Miss Anne. Because I was going to say, singles table's already a bit of a book. Yeah. Like you go there, and then to be put on the end. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <That's, yeah. laughs> I get it. Charity case. Exactly. <laughs> and and um, I like just down the table. Yeah, I kind of chatted to everyone and um, saw you, and I think I asked to have a cigar with me outside. Yeah. You had a sexy question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you only nice. spoke for about five minutes? Yeah. You were heading home. Yeah, and you thought I was a bit of a dick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. But it's funny, I thought Mr. was arrogant. He's the least arrogant person out there. I think yeah. there are cultural differences. Because Swedish people can be so reserved. You're not supposed to talk to much or show what you've got or whatever right. it is. And Mr. is like an open book. He's visual. Yeah. She's like, I'm living in this house, showing pictures and doing this and that. And his whole life was I just yeah. And I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> so you thought he was showing off. Yeah. No. He's just being yeah. very open exactly. very quickly. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, this is me. Yes. <laughs> and it's quite funny because, you know, when we started dating, we both were on... Um, dating apps and um we looked at um our profiles <laughs> and um mine was too honest because i put what did i put you know he had he had zero matches but he was zero like, matches <laughs> But he had this blurry selfie that he's taking in the car. I can kind of see there was him. It's a and nice it, picture. It's a lovely picture. And then it was like, I love Starry Nights. I want to own a Hungarian bishla oh, one day. Oh. And I'm a big nerd. And actually, all these things, three things are true. So but I think cute. in terms of online dating, I don't know. It was the truth. But I, I, it should work That's better than really it did. That's really cute. Yeah. This like, is why I don't like online dating. Yes. You tell the truth and you get no matches. Yeah, yeah. It's better to go in the world and find mm -hmm. real magic, which mm -hmm. you did. I mean, there are stories. I mean, I won't name them, but there is a very, 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 very famous... Hollywood actress who we ran into recently and she's engaged and we're like how and she's like oh I just yeah went on on, on an app and she's like a household global name Whoa. And she meets a sweet guy and it just worked and, yeah. and that's the first one the second one is a friend of mine who thought he recognized this lady when he matched with her but it's like it can't be and he waits for her this is another person he waits for her at a pub somewhere and she she arrives on a bicycle and he's like and, and she's famous. <laughs> and then they started dating as well, so it can happen. Oh, right! No. <laughs> no. But that's but it's really interesting to know that sometimes you go to a wedding that you didn't want to go to mm -hmm. and you meet the love of your life. Yeah. yeah. It's always like that, though, when you least expect it. Of course. I yeah. think dating apps are just like another bar. No, but no, it's not just as like fun being as in a bar. It's not as fun as a bar. Because there's no drinks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no music. No drinks and also no energy exchange. I think that's mm. such an important thing. Mm. I mean, you were dating yeah. for, for how long before you realised that this was actually something a little bit different? That's a well, good question. 
You go first. I <laughs> <laughs> slightly like different answers there. But <laughs> I think the key is we had this date that we arranged and Misan made a phone call to me just on, before we even met up. And I was like, there's something different with this guy, even right. on the phone call. We went on that one date and then we actually never planned a second date. We just started hanging out. Right. So it was very, so actually from the beginning, hmm. it was very different, I would say. Yeah, I mean, you were living in Maidowell. Yes. And I was lot. having a real big life crisis living in this old footballer, footballer's house. And it was just a footballer's house in every way you can imagine, <laughs> by myself. <laughs> There's a big difference between loneliness and solitude. Yes. And I needed solitude. Right. And that's what I did, is I bathed in my own company. And then I came. Yeah. <laughs> did it, it was, it, it, I didn't quite expect that. No, I wasn't looking for <laughs> you, any... You weren't actually ready. That's quite interesting, no. because actually... I read that you said that the other day. Like, when you mm. get used to being in your own company, and you're very comfortable, and it's something you're enjoying, letting yeah. somebody else into that space yeah. can be quite tricky. So there was obviously a real energy that you just... Because trust is the instinct that you need, isn't it? Well, she just kept climbing over the fence. <laughs> She's going to get pneumonia. Might as well let her in. <laughs> so, so, Swedes are like that. Yeah. It's the Viking in you, isn't it? <laughs> Did you guys know that you wanted to have babies? I think for me, I, I, a big part of meeting Camilla is learning to love myself, right? And if you don't love yourself, you don't think you deserve much. Right. So I don't think I deserved children. Right. You know, that's a big thing about having a, you know, a ropey childhood is that the things that are normalized like Christmas or you know, mm. going to other people's houses and you see a real family unit, you kind of put it in a recycle bin in a, in a part of your consciousness that you, you throw the key away to. So she just kept smashing these doors down. <laughs> yeah. You know. The good ones should, I guess. Yeah. Children, I, I think I, I've always wanted to be a father, yeah, but I hid that. Yeah. For myself. This is interesting because, well, one of the things I was thinking about you is when you photographed us, Miss Anne, mm. it was quite, it was a really fascinating experience for me because it was so emotive. You're so about detail. Like, I, I rem the thing I remember the most about is, and you said to me, clench your hand and then unclench your hand. I was like, oh my God, the different, the way it made me feel, mm. the detail of that. Every time I, I get like a little goosebump when I think about <laughs> it, you made me connect to my own power mm. and vulnerability yeah. Yeah. in a really interesting way that I have taken into every other photograph Ugh. I've done since. Mm -hmm. Seriously, because I understood that having your photograph taken you is a really intimate mm. thing. Sacred, too. Yeah, and you're yeah. so good in that space. Well, you know, I, I think Robert Frank, the great photographer, there's a quote that I use a lot that says, the eye should learn to listen before it looks. Oh. That's what I try and do, you know, that there's no point me, you know, anyone can get hold of a camera and figure out how to use Photoshop and get some lighting, but they all kind of look a bit samey, which is why I can't stand the majority of what, what, what is known as fashion right. imagery, because it's all kind of CGI looking skin and I'm like, where's the truth? Yes, absolutely. Where's the, where is the storytelling? Mm. You know, if you, if you, if you look at the great sort of photographers, of the past, there was a truth to their images. And uh, I feel that's being lost. And also men, unfortunately, have dictated, the, the male gaze has dictated so much of what imagery is, mm. which is something I'm deeply aware of. Mm -hmm. And I feel, I mean, that, again, no names, but there have been very famous women that I photographed. I'm like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you doing to your body? Why are you doing that? Like and she's suddenly like, contorting. What? And they, they've been doing this for a while. Yeah. I'm like, you don't need to do that. Well, they go yeah. straight into sexy. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, and, and it's just, I'm like, let's take a moment 
And then let's say I have two hours with someone, I only shoot for 10 minutes because the rest is just talking, understanding what they've been through and then allowing them to climb back into their own skin. And it's tragic that so many photographers and um, image makers we look up to have not had that duty of care. There's a thing that happens when I get my picture taken a lot and people say, smile, smile, Mm. smile. And it really gets on my nerves. I'm like, I don't want to just smile all the time. Mm. Let me have all of my emotions. Let me go through Mm. all those things. And honestly, having our picture taken by you was one of the moments. It was a defining moment for me in terms of taking control of the moment Mm. and allowing ourselves to occupy that moment. So thank you for that. I was just so honoured to, you know, we, we talk a lot about, we hope our children will... Will, will be close to us when they they have a choice. Yes. <laughs> when they're adults. Yeah. And to see you two together, yeah. for me, it was hopeful. Oh, oh but it was. It really, really She's was. getting on my nerves today. Yeah. But I'm totally I'm really getting on my nerves today. I keep totally. saying things. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? And and now, you know what that is? That's just the truth. Yeah, well, I mean, it happens. I don't. I mean, yeah, no, it does. And now I feel bad. <laughs> now you feel bad. <laughs> I got bad. Um, but I wanted to talk about the fact that Miss Anne was only, uh, well, you only started taking photographs in 2017, is mm, this right? Mm. What were you doing before then for your work, in your working life? I mean, I was a, a lost lamb. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, just before I met you, I was um, finishing off headhunting. I'd been a headhunter for, in the city. Mm. And then I have a business which I still have now, which is basically my mind, um, um, curating the best of the internet. So um, it's, it's called What We See Media, Culture 3 Media. And it was a reaction to, and this was literally when we met. Mm. Where right, I, so you I was, just embarked on this new thing for yeah, you, Mac Miller. Yeah, well, she was watching me lose my mm. mind and she was just like, this is, you've got to do. Again, it's always Camilla that says, you know, I remember when I did a playlist for your parents mm. and she's like, no, no one can curate music like this. This isn't normal. Like, you need Sometimes to- when you're really good at something, it feels so normal to you. Yeah. You don't know how yes. special it is. Yeah, and you undervalue mm. it, don't yes. you? Yes, yeah, because, totally. you, because it's mm. easy for you to do so. Yeah. It does, you don't understand that it's a special thing. Yeah. I love yeah. that you made a playlist for your um, parents-in-law. That's such a vibe. Well, Brownie I have, I have a million plus songs in my head. And I, when I say in my head... I know every single song. I know every second of every single song. So I'm on a multiple sort of autism spectrum situation yeah. with how my mind works. Mm. And um, you observed it. You didn't run away. You know, she was like, why don't you just put it out to the world? You're always doing it to your mates and making, like, I, I will make playlists for everyone. And I could gauge if you're sort of a posh English dude or someone that's more Euro or Niger or Indian yeah. or Latin America. Yeah. I knew what to, 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 to leave give, you. Yeah. And I'll give what you're comfortable with and then I'll take you to somewhere else. So, you know, my observation of the internet, what, 10 years ago, was that it was becoming the weaponization of mediocrity. So, like, mm-hmm. average people were telling us what to listen to or what to watch. And, and I, I, I couldn't accept that. What, yeah. Mum, what's your sentence? I will not be dictated to by people of mediocrity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I'm just not going to have people that I don't respect or, you know, that I don't think are inspiring or interesting telling me what, what to do next <laughs> yeah. or what to be interested in. I no. just don't. Why well, would I do that? Yeah. I wouldn't do that in a room if they were in the no. room with me. So No, I mean, one of the most powerful A&R folks was a friend of mine. Say, so look, Miss Anne, Nina Simone would never get a record deal today. Joni Mitchell wouldn't. No, N- Neil just, Young mm, wouldn't. Because they're not malleable. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they're not malleable, are they? Mm. There was, in fact, there was a quote from the, some record company that said, we're not interested in people with talent. No. We're interested in people who will do what they're told. Yeah. 
and who look good. No. And Joni Mitchell said, that's why I paint now. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. was yeah. just like, I yeah. don't want to be around it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Your short film for oh, Netflix, The After. Um, I just, it's, we don't want to talk too much about what it's about. Because yeah, because so I don't, I, people see haven't it. seen it, but people do need to see we it. Need to it's see such it. an affecting film. But it is about grief and loss and for a but parent. Su- the, the mm. film, and healing. And healing. And healing, yes. It's the most extraordinarily powerful film. And it's what, 20 minutes long? 18. 18 minutes yeah. long. And I'm fascinated by that. Yeah. By this short form medium, visual medium in that way. How you manage to have these markers and there's a whole proper narrative arc, mm. but it's 18 minutes long. I mean, how brutal did you have to be with yourself in terms of well, editing? and? Well, I mean, I worked with great people. It was obviously my first bit of moving image. It was great to get you on set as well, just yeah. to see the madness. And I remember how nervous I was. I mean, you probably said the most nervous I've been. No, I've never seen him. He doesn't get nervous very easily. But for two days before, he went mute. Just stopped talking. No, but also he didn't even know. He didn't even know what like language to use on set. Yes, you've never really been on set set as a filmmaker. Was day one of shooting. Wow! So he went in, really didn't know anything. And you're kind of in charge. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what I do know, which is probably why um, the film is is not an embarrassment, is I know when I have emotion. Yeah. No one needs to, you know. I, I know, and I and I knew what I wanted the um, narrative arc to be. And, and this film is, is going on this extraordinary journey. And, you know, God knows we didn't know where the world would be when we shot it, right. you know. Um, but I think people need this film right now. I think it's incredibly affecting. And it, it's kind of got a still quiet centre mm. at the heart of it that I think is really clever, actually, because things are so busy all mm. the time when you watch... Any movie, actually, a two-hour movie, I mean, we're trying to pack so much yeah. in. I think it's quite brave that it's so stark. It's a miracle so Netflix let us make mm. anything like this. And mm. I, I have to commend uh, particularly Fiona Lamptey, who was my exec at the time, and she took a big risk by putting what we put on the bloody screen. Yeah. And, you know, they're little Easter eggs to who I am in the film. So 
there's a voice note that's done by me. I knew it was you. (laughs) But but, but his character is called Dion. This is a really interesting thing because the English lady that calls him up before calls Mm. him Deo, which is what a lot of people do to Nigerian names. They English buy it. And I call him Dion. So most Nigerian people would be like, hmm. Okay, it's, it's, a, it's a small thing. Yeah. And then there's there's also a nod to Mike Lay, who's one of my all-time favorite filmmakers, because Ruth Sheen is in the film. She's the lady, uh, the older lady in, in the... In, in the in cab. The, yeah. Oh, yes, of course she is. The, yeah, mm-hmm. and okay. I grew up watching her in mm. you know, some of the greatest oh. British films that have ever been made, and, and I couldn't believe she said yes. Yeah, I was, I was kind of amazed that she yeah. said I was yeah, like, yeah. God, she's a cab passenger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. People say is. yes to you, though. Which is incredible. But I think she has some kind of sorceress witchcraft thing going on, because <laughs> the predictions she's made, she predicted everything that before it happened that would basically happen in the photography game. Well, tell them what you said about filmmaking. No, it's not, it's, yeah, it's just actually seeing, I see you for who you are and I see your talent and it's just, I'm just so glad for the world to start to see it. Mm-hmm. Because you always, and people think, oh, he studied photography only, what, five, six years ago, but you studied photography since you were a little boy. Oh, right. Yeah, so you, you know a good photograph, you know all the photographers in the world from all the ages. Mm-hmm. So it's not, yes, you, finally you're using your own medium. Mm. But you actually have, you know, studied it for so long, and it's the same with film. Like it's just like finally you just can express it. And I feel in film because you have such a talent in music and in film, and then you know knowing when you have the the, the motions and the picture, and you know you have when you have the shot. But it's kind of putting it all together, mm. and you can just be creative. I'll take it. I think we do all need a camera in our life just to remind us I a few know. things. Yeah. Like you're pretty. Oh just call me once a week <laughs> and just tell us something like that. So I'm chair of South Bank, right? And we we yes. we, yes. we we were in the kitchen. When we had the phone call from the headhunter, Stop. and I laughed, and I looked at her, and I was like, "Some nutter has just called me saying they're going to go on a big search for the next chair of Europe's largest cultural institution. Would I be interested?" In? And I, I remember getting off the phone, and again, this woman looks at me. And she's like, "You had an email, just mm. what they were actually looking for, all the different, you know, what you needed as an experience." And you were like, "That's this is you." I was like, "Tick tick 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 tick, yeah. 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 go for it." That's what I said. Love that. Camilla, love that. Yes, but like there was all sorts of other things. Like you usually have to be a captain of industry. Like I'm a yes, university never... dropout with shit A levels <laughs> yes. that can't spell my name barely. Yeah. Right. And I'm definitely not a captain of any industry. Yeah. And so there's that. And yeah. also I am this hue. Yes. All right. Which, yes. which certainly has never happened before. No, really. Um, so we, we went, you know, 173, 74 people later, it was down between me and three other folks. Wow. It was amazing, our South Bank, to just go for it. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's right, right, But also, they're not stupid. It was a really clever thing very to clever. put you it was in that bold, position. Though, because it, was it was very Boris bold. Boris Johnson yeah. was Prime Minister then. Very bold. You know, Oliver Dowden was the head of DCMS then. Right, so it wasn't just getting through; it was putting the piece of paper in front of those gentlemen People. who, politically, I'm definitely not on the same boat mm. as them. To use the term "boat," um, I wasn't sure whether they would be approved. And I have to just say, you know, Nicholas Sorota, who runs the Arts Council, Elaine Bedell, and, and the, the existing the existing exec team, believed in me in a way that maybe I didn't at the time. And it went through, and the government signed it off, and and I became, you know, the the first. Uh, you know, yeah, let's say it ever really that that is is black yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know in his forties and all of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you say, not a captain of industry, yeah. not yeah. from yeah. that. Yeah. And a working artist and a civil yeah. rights. Well, I'd say a Christmas cheers yeah. to that. Yeah. Cheers, cheers to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 beautiful yeah. shit. That makes me want to dream bigger. Yeah. 
Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your childhood because your father was a, a, a politician. Not really a politician. I mean, he's just one of the real leading sort of industrialists wow. um, of, of, of Nigeria post-independence. And a mixed-race man, you know. So, so my, my grandfather, you know, is a white English man really? you know, who we never knew. And my father was a, a chair of many companies, principally one of the, the main partners for a company called Wamco, West African Milk Company, that did something called Peak Milk. Which was um, a t- anyone in Nigeria would know. Tyre, yeah, Tyre was like nodding away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, tell, I mean, please tell us. I, what's I peak milk? I don't know what peak milk. Con- condensed milk, you know. Oh, like in yeah, hot okay, environment. So it's another so, version. Yeah, yeah. So in Nigeria, that was our milk. Yeah. And then we come. Uh, we're from the Shekeri tribe, so we are one of the more prominent families from the oil and gas region of Nigeria. So my my father did a lot for the local communities who had been, um, frankly, just duped by um, English, Dutch, American, God. French oil companies. Um, and there are many parts of where I'm from, my, my village, you know, Wari, Sapele, in the surrounding region where it looks like the, the far side of the moon. Yeah, a trillion dollars of oil wealth has been created from, from that space. Wow. Um, so that, that's my background in terms of family background. But yeah. you've alluded a few times to your childhood being quite difficult. What, yeah. what, what was the defining thing that made it hard? I mean, for me, I, you know, I started boarding school when I was lit, tiny, you know. Right. So I was sent, what, like five, like yeah, that yeah, tiny, yeah. good Lord. Sent from Nigeria to, you know, the English boarding side. And, and then, it, you know, it was the 80s. The racist teachers, oh, um, yeah. racist parents. When I was smaller, it was tricky. Yeah. You know, it was tricky. And I found safety and solace you know, in the, in, in the notes of song and in film. Oh. And, I, and I guess for you, you know, you, you said you're on all sorts, multiple spectrums, as you called it. Right. So was schooling must have been quite I a difficult place to navigate. At, I can, you know, I had one English teacher that saw that there was something different in me. Uh, yeah. um, she goes, outside of all the spelling and lack of grammar and everything else, there's something really special here. Yeah. And she saw me. But in general, I was terrible at math, sciences. My brain is wired that I need, I process information very quickly. Yeah. So the traditional classroom was just slow. I genuinely was ashamed of my mind for like 30 years. So I met you really. I was a big part of what everyone's saying is amazing about me. Yeah. I was utterly ashamed of. And I think our love story, you know, you know, is, is born out of, we were a bit broken when we met each other. And I, 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 I'm speaking for myself, but I think I could say you felt the same way, that we, we, we weren't pretending, we weren't projecting. Yeah. So very quickly in our relationship, I, I was very open to her that I'm not in a good place. And I will say we kind of felt each other scars like Braille. And that's how we, we got to know each other. Oh, my God! <laughs> And that's kind of what you, I guess, in a way, when you do find the person that you're going to be able to sit, like, live with and be no, with and no. form family with and do all those things, there is, you have to recognise that in each other, the broken bits yeah. in each mm. other. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about the people that you photographed because I've, I've been working uh, for 24 years this year so I've met so many amazing people and actually doing the podcast has directly started to enrich my life with the people that we're meeting and the stories that we're, mm-hmm. that we're getting. And I wondered with all the incredible people that you photographed over the last uh, five it's years. Such, it's actually three years because yes. 2020 is when I actually started right. really yeah, it, That's why it does bananas. feel like this yeah. huge it's surge. Bananas. It's amazing what bananas, you've done. It? It's amazing. <laughs> I'm not really, I really hate talking about celebrities, but I just think these people are brilliant, wonderful people doing things in the world. We're talking about, obviously, uh, Megan and 
Harry, who I think are fantastic human beings, and um, just the softness and gentleness that you got in the photographs with them, that mm. real deep love. Um, I won't do a list of celebrities, but are, do you feel that your life has been enriched since photography because of the people you've been meeting? I'm definitely intentional about who I, I choose. Yeah. I mean, I say no to a, a lot of people. Oh. You know, it doesn't matter how much money they offer, I won't yeah. do it. And then some of them, I mean, Meg is an old friend, right? So right. I've I've been, you know, seeing her story long before she met uh, Harry. And just to be able to have, for, for them to have someone like me, who has no agenda, yeah. who knows the babies, who knows their love, mm. and is just bearing witness to one of, you know, the most extraordinary stories of our time, really. Mm. You know, I always say my, my camera is my sword and my shield, you know, and sometimes, you know, it needs to be a shield for people in showing their truth. You know, I recently shot Sir David, you know, Attenborough. Which one? Ah, Attenborough. Oh, wow. Um, and that was extraordinary. You know, he was sprightly 94-year-old, you know. And, and it's funny, when you know you're old or older, is it's like, oh, he met my daughter, Susan. I was like, no, sir, I haven't. He goes, Susan, come over here. And I'm looking, and Susan is, 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 is a 70-something-year-old. And I was like... And then the other sort of extraordinary thing he said to me, I said, oh, sir, I'm, I'm chairman of South. I go, Southbank? Oh, yes, I was there. I was like, you well, were there? And he goes, yes, I was there when it opened. Yeah. <laughs> really? I was there when they cut the I ribbon. Love that. Oh, yeah. my God. Just so you can understand, when the South Bank was opened, the late queen was not queen. It was opened by yes. the king. Oh, my goodness. Okay. She was a, yeah, she so was a teenager. Yeah. Her dad. Yeah. Yeah. So he was there with uh, his brother Dickie, and they were young men. That went to the opening of, you know, the Festival of Britain. That's what wild. year did it start? As a tonic for the nation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. You step into this role. There's all this rich history. What was your intent for the role? For what? South Bank? Mm. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't know anywhere in the world that is as inclusive uh, an art centre, cultural institution. It's 11 acres of London that has everything from the skate park to the Hayward. Yeah. To, of course, you know, I guess our, our palace of culture, you know, the Royal Festival Hall. Yeah. And everyone, you know, from Bowie, you know, the, in the past, have, it's been very important to a lot of seminal artists. Michelle Obama chose um, that to be the place where she first came to do the Becoming uh, yeah. interview. And it feels right now that culture is being taken away from those in need at most, those that are struggling, people that have... Uh, mental health issues or, or the young, you know, how much does it cost to go and see some ballet or opera? No I kid mean, can afford that. You can't go to the theatre no. in the West End, forget no. about 40% it. 40% of our programming is still free at South yeah. Bank. Wow, you know, we have amazing. a children's festival in January, you know. We, um, this summer, our meltdown was, um, I, I don't know if you know, I'm a big supporter of the, 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 the gay and specifically the trans community. Yeah. And to have Christine and the Queens do, oh, yes, of do course a week. Curate And then music, the one yeah. thing to have Chris as he's known, do the amazing job he did, it was another thing to walk the site yeah. at the time when the trans community are under attack and I walked the site and it seemed like the whole, anyone that could get that was from that community that could was get there. there was there, what just dancing, crying, loving, oh. eating a tsani, whatever. Feeling free. And, and I'm like, this is what South Bank is. You yeah. know, it's outside of the entrenched rage of Twitter, these people who who many people don't quite understand how difficult it is to have the challenges that they have. Each day. And, and, and have it become some sort of political sort of <laughs> talking point, tennis ball. South Bank went beyond that and said, this is 
a safe space for you. And that's the sort of thing I think that makes us so unique. Yeah. And also, as just parents, we can just bring the babies, yeah. shove the pram <laughs> yeah. and the kids run right. Sound like daycare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really the job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, we, but we also host the BAFTAs now. So with yeah. all those things I said, we then also host the BAFTAs. Oh, we also host so the London Film Festival. You know that uh, we did, we, we, I had my book launch oh, I know. there. I know. And it was one of the most incredible nights of my life, I swear mm-hmm. to you. I'm thinking about now, my, I'm getting tears in the back of my eyes because for us to have come full circle yeah. and for her to be on stage with me at Queen Elizabeth Hall interviewing me about my book yeah. in this mm-hmm. hallowed space. Yeah, and it does feel like that. Totally. Yeah. And I was taken as like a child. special. Yeah, mm-hmm. we used to go there when she was in. I had no money. Mm-hmm. As you say, mm-hmm. as a single parent, we could go to the South Bank. We could see art. Mm-hmm. We could watch people performing, reading. Yeah. There were books. There mm-hmm. was life. There was energy. There was access to all the things that I knew would help us to survive yeah. and uplift us and keep us buoyant was always yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So it's beautiful that you are at the uh, I mean, it's, it's the only thing I do that, you know, money really can't buy. It's, it's yeah. a great privilege. And what I would say, I remember having an all-staff meeting with, with my team and, you know, I said to them that, um, you know, for me, art and culture is, is not entertainment, it's survival. Yeah. You know, okay. it's, it's the, the stakes are really high right now. And the one thing I know that Homo sapiens do that sets us apart from the rest of the natural world is in the movement of dance, in the words of poetry, in mm. song. And it's the softest, but most intentional power you can have because, of course, you, you never feel shouted to when you're looking at a picture yeah. or listening to a song. And it's a, as the world, which is seemingly on fire at yes. the moment, it's the one thing that can make us look toward the horizon together, you know? And to, and to engender thought and um, compassion yeah. and empathy, all the things well, that we are desperate for. You follow my socials, you, you know. Yeah, yes. you know and you, I mean, obviously you take your platform very seriously and you use it to great effect. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people on social media and they say, you know, a model, uh, artist, activist. And you're like, being angry on Instagram doesn't actually make you an activist, but you actually are. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, though, please. But you, you know, just stop. You really yeah. are an activist because you are using that space to create thought and, and to bring people together and to really spread air and energy and light and just make sure that people are continuing to connect. Yeah, it, it, without, and I hope it's nuanced to the point where I'm not, I'm not trying to bring more age into the world. No, there isn't. You, you know, and I think that's really important. You know, we, we, we marched in my capacity as ambassador for Save the Children I marched with 50 other aid agencies to 10 Downing Street. So Christian Aid, Oxfam, loads. It was really, really powerful in the rain. And we did, we did, we did our vigil. And I remember a lot of people calling me saying, Miss Anna, you know, aren't you scared of doing this? And I'm like, no. You have to understand the complexity of humanity. Mm-hmm. But if you take a bird's eye view of it, children to me are as close as the celestial as we will ever get in creation. So whether they're being kidnapped or whether they're being bombed, both are unacceptable to me and I will not be quiet about that. There's literally another 25 things on my question list I want yeah. to talk about. I'm kind of ran out of time. Um, thank you. No, thank I hope you, you enjoyed oh, your lunch. You so yeah, come around when there's no cameras at mics. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just hang I mean, out. One thing I want to say is it's so amazing as well, looking at generationally like black. I, I was at um, lunch by myself the other day in Quo Vadis. Oh, yeah. And I saw um, oh, Ainsley um, oh, in, in there. And I just thought, I don't know this man, but I, I can imagine the small little humiliations he's had to go to, through mm-hmm. to just survive. 
And some people see him as a caricature. I see him as a man, a very living, breathing man that had to do whatever he had to do to be what he's become. And then I look at the journey people like Lenny Henry have been on. Yes. When he was the only one on the box and, you know, the few TV shows we've had. For me, it's, it's sort of looking at, okay, we've done that, mm. but how do we take real ownership of the um, agency and value of our voices in mm. this country? Because we don't have the same level of fiscal opportunity as America. There, there's no way a Tyler Perry could be created or an Oprah Winfrey, like billionaire right. medium. <laughs> in the UK, yeah. it, it's just not the way it's been. I'm not saying it, it, it couldn't happen. Ever, but yeah. But I, so I, do, I do think about that a lot. And I think about um, how we need to recognize the, the power of our voices and also being intentional about it. Yeah. Because sometimes we can be kind of promised things and feel that, oh, we've arrived. We're in this room. Right. Totally. We're in this room and I yeah. don't really care about you guys. I'm in this room. And thanks be for all the favor. grateful. Yeah. Be all grateful. Yeah. And that is another really powerful tool. And mm -hmm. I keep talking to a lot of my, my, my friends, black and brown friends in, in the UK saying, you shouldn't think that you're lucky to be in any bloody right. room. The room's lucky to have you in right. it. Right. In it. Right? In it. And we just need to rewire our brains because yes. I see it with people I looked up to as a kid. I'm just like, dude. <laughs> Yeah. You, you, you're bigger than this. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's also the systematic, like 30 years of institutionalised racism within television and, and radio and film. Like it just... Yeah, I mean, you've seen some fangs. <sighs> mm. Well, also there's a thing where you get through the door and then, you you know, we are we are conditioned to think there's only room for one of yes. us. Yes. And then they, and then we turn it on each other and yes. think, oh no, yeah. why did she get that? Mm. Da, da, da. And that's a very, you know? very tricky, yep. tricky little game that we yes. begin to play with each other, which feels feels like, oh, sorry, but it mirrors them asking, sort of expecting slaves to sort of kill each other in front of them. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We do not make us turn on ourselves no. because you're yeah. telling us there's not enough space for all of us. Well, well we, and we've got to a place, and I have friends in America calling me saying, dude, what is going on with the people of color in your political leadership? And I'm like, you have to understand that that's not, you know, I refuse to believe that this, the, the Asian, South Asian community believes that Priti Patel or Suela Braverman speak for them. No, absolutely right? not. Absolutely and, and not. I also, of course you know, they do. There's no way that, that Kemi Badenoch or Kwasi uh, yeah. Kwarteng is a representation of the average black person and their no. points of views. But they are people of colour right now in positions of power. And again, it goes back to who's allowed and what you become when you get into the big house. Yes. And what and what you're what you what you're prepared to yeah. become. Now that you're there, to where get does your to the place that you yes. become that you decide that you want to get to, whether it's home secretary or yeah. whatever it is. At what cost? Because yes. look what happens. I mean at the end of the day. Your soul. It is interesting in the worlds that we work in because there are moments and I guess you know that's part of a creative journey that mm. you, you know you do compromise, you do collaborate, mm. you do find that that's a, an important facet of what we do. Mm. But there are times, aren't there, where that fulcrum mm. turns a little too far past the line and you know there are moments where you just think oh, do I keep my mouth shut now yeah, yeah. or do I say what I really need to say or do I do what I really need to do how do you well the advantage that? I have is I was raised as a posh white boy right I was raised as, as the people a lot of the plonkers you see on, mm -hmm. on on the box right so I, <laughs> I know exactly how many of them have failed upwards oh yes all right so knowing that I'm able to understand um how to stoop to conquer uh. um go into rooms where, as you say, very 
mediocre people um, are sitting next to huge levers of power and understanding that um, as I get into each room, I just make sure I put my foot at the end of the door to pull everyone else in. And it's not just people that look like me. It's just people that I think are really bloody talented. And need to be in there. And need to be in there. And that's not what I'm seeing. So my my compromise is the same sort of code switching we've all had to do in certain things. But as I, what, what I've done is as I've, got into a place of more influence i'm compromising a lot less yeah you know whereas some people when they get into places of influence uh, have compromised themselves so much that they don't even remember who they are yeah, yeah well, or, you know. or, that, or that they did that in yeah. the first place this should be recorded because it is he's on it i you know i was describing to camilla who you two were and i said we're, we're going to be on a podcast with two national treasures oh i'm not playing that's I how i described you thank two. you you know, because you know, I remember you on the box, and 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 at the time, it's funny because all these stories are coming up now about you know the, the the really rampant misogyny that was happening at the time that you would have definitely had to bear witness. And poor Lily, you know, yeah. I, I read her book and wept so many times. I don't know Lily, but I was just like, Christ, what are we awful. doing to these? Kid, they were kids. They were kids. They were kids. You know? and Peter and Lily were kids. You know? And those old men in those newspapers, those magazines, literally went for them like the jugular. Madness. These two yeah. young girls. because and, and they had all the, of them made it. Yeah. Not they had the temerity. Yeah. No, no, a lot of them don't yeah. make it. Yeah. A lot of them don't make it. Well, I think it's what Camilla was saying earlier about um, your Camilla is my... Andy. (laughs) Yeah, well, my mum just says, remember who the fuck you are and what you've done and get straight back to it and get as close to it as you possibly can as soon as possible. True success in life is to get as close as you can to yourself and see where that takes you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a beautiful sentiment. Absolutely. That's a beautiful yeah. sentiment. I'm going to cheers again. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit. Right. No, sorry, sorry. There's one more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's one, one more. Oh, no, keep going, keep going. Oh, keep going. One, one more. So I, I can't be on this podcast without, you know, I'm really worried right now about um, most people, but particularly our younger folks um, on the 25s, chronic depression, and suicidal thoughts are the highest it's ever been. And, you know, for me, after I had uh, COVID, I wasn't hospitalized, but I was really sick. I lost two stone. And I think there's something that happens to you when your immune system is really down. If you're someone that's um, had quite severe childhood trauma, it can start climbing out of you. And Camilla had gone with the babies and I was alone with the cleaners in the house. I was sat at my desk and my left leg started feeling a bit funny. So I, I thought I was having a stroke. Right. Oh my God. I left yeah. you a voice note. It's hard right? to talk about this one. Yeah. Oh. So I, I left you, I, 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 I recorded a voice note saying, my darling, I think I'm having, can you imagine leaving that? Mm-hmm. So she turns around, starts running, holding oh one baby um, towards the house. The ambulance arrived by then, they were there. And because of my dyslexia, I hadn't really thought about, so the first thing they asked me um, was to count from 20 to one and I went like 27 and I just started Couldn't. I was like I've had an I, I thought I had an annual I thought this is it yeah quite a long story short we get into the hospital it was like a war zone this is during COVID oh. and they'd scanned every inch of my body and it was a Sikh man and he came up to me and he goes listen there's nothing wrong with you we've checked everything and I was like what do you mean there's nothing wrong with me and he goes I gotta ask you are you a survivor of some kind of childhood trauma You've had the type of panic attack that makes you feel that you're having a heart attack and or stroke. But actually, it's the physical manifestation of stuff that you've been too strong physically, too charming. And I was discharged that day back home. And it took me, what, 
How long to be able to? Oh, weeks. Yeah, you couldn't, couldn't even walk down the street. All whilst this is us interviewing for South Bank at this time. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so I'm son. telling you this because a lot of people, I believe, do look up to me, but they need to look up to their understanding that I am as fallible as them. Yeah. And we all have peaks and troughs in life. Yeah. And we have to rewire who our heroes are. Like, I don't look up to people that tell me they can walk on water. Right. Or th this kind of influencer culture of perfect life is Ugh. bullshit. So if I am someone you look up to, just know that I'm just as scared and as struggling I'm... as is Camilla. <laughs> and me too. We're, we're drowning <laughs> in it. And, and, and that's that. And I, that's what I wanted to yeah. finish with, to say, yeah. like, you know, we need to wear our vulnerability and our um, invisible scars with pride because yes. people need to hear this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, I make a real point of talking about, you know, my, getting through my eating disorder, mm. the struggles I've had with my relationship with my own body, all of those things. Because if I had had somebody talking about those things when I was younger, yeah. it would have helped me Massively. beyond mm. belief. When yeah. I went into deep depression mm. and the mental health struggles that I've had, I didn't really have a language yes. yeah. with which to, to express it. And yes. I didn't know I had, needed to. I didn't even understand what you did to climb back out mm. of that dark mm. hole. So I think it's really important if you are, I mean, whoever you are, whatever it is you're doing, that you voice that deep I have stuff. not met a perfect person yet. No, no. share your it's shit. It's not the point. Life mm. isn't about being perfect. Yeah. It's no. about reaching your own humanity, yeah. touching your own humanity, mm. being empathetic. As Buddha says, I'm not going to say it. It's just no, go on. No. <laughs> no, go on. No. No, go on. Buddha said, don't be a cunt. I need a t-shirt. That's how she wanted to end, really. That's how we're What a conversation. And I think when we sit down afterwards, we're like, God, it was great to meet those people or it was great to have those people around our table. But that conversation, yeah. the, the things we were talking about, I mean, maybe Miss Anne's the kind of man that you really can just listen to. He's got a voice like kind of Orson Welles or something. He's got this, or like Paul Robeson. He's got this kind of rolling bass voice mm. that makes you pay attention in your gut. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, when he talks... You listen, and also he's incredibly eloquent. So the combination of those two things is making me go, tell me more things, please. But also, it, it, he made me <laughs> feel like I could talk about more. Yes. Or delve deeper into some of the things I wanted to talk about or that we just started talking about. Like, for instance, the fact that we couldn't stop, couldn't end the conversation. It was like, wait, one more one thing. One more thing, I love that. Oh, wait, there's one more thing. One, one more, more profound thing. thing I need to tell you. I was yeah. like, Get, lay it on me. I always wondered who he was married to because I know the great interesting thing about Miss Anne is that he's had this huge, long, layered life yeah. and then he suddenly started a whole new one. So, you know, there was always that thing where um, certain tribally uh, people didn't trust photography because it was like stealing your soul. Oh. So you don't take a picture. With Miss Anne, it's like he captures your soul for you in a picture. Wow. That's why I love that picture of you and I so much. Every time I look at it, I go, oh, God, because it's like us, us. Yes. 
he is strong enough to carry yes. what you're going to kind of let out into the space. Oh my God, that's it. He's that's strong it. enough to carry the load and that's how he makes you feel like yeah. he is enough. And also because of what he just said, because mm. I am also fallible, because yeah. I also make mistakes, because I am also scared and I'm, I don't know what to do. And, and I am scarred and I am yes. broken. Yes. The way he and Camilla love each other is oh. so beautiful. Oh. When he was talking about the scars that they have and to be seen by Miss Anne is to know your own worth, it Ooh. feels like. I totally agree. Yeah. Miss Anne and Camilla, thank you for coming to our table. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com